Buckle up! Another Mental Game Podcast has arrived. I'm Sam Brief, really happy to have you with me for a fresh edition. And this one, I really think is going to brighten your day. Because I've got a wonderful guest joining me from the University of Florida gymnastics team. It's Megan Skaggs. Megan has this huge swath of positivity that she carries with her everywhere. And that can be hard to do in the sport of gymnastics. Because think about it. Gymnastics, you fall all the time, not just in competition, but in practice. You're doing crazy things, balancing, leaping, jumping, twisting, contorting your body in all sorts of unnatural ways, and you have to get back up and go for it. And Megan is one of the best in the country at doing that. Now, she's entering what we'll call her super senior season at Florida, just wrapped up her senior year, but because the NCAA granted every student-athlete a fresh year of eligibility because of COVID, she's coming back for a fifth season. And Megan boasts a really impressive resume. Before she even stepped foot in Gainesville, she was already a two-time Pan Am medal winner with the U.S. gymnastics team. And then she went to Florida and started kicking butt. Six-time All-American, the SEC balance beam champion in 2019, and a two-time all-conference gymnast, Megan Skaggs, one of the best in the business at riding the ship after a fall. She works on her mental game endlessly. She's worked with sports psychologists, really making her an ideal guest for me and for you on the Mental Game Podcast. So without further ado, I present Megan Skaggs. Megan, first question that I'm now asking every guest on the Mental Game. Tell me about a time you were challenged mentally. Oh, it's hard to pick just one. Um, I guess to pick a time where I'm challenged is just the daily going into practice. Gymnastics is a very mental sport. You have to be on or else you could seriously hurt yourself. So I would say every single day at practice, being on mentally is a huge challenge. Um, That just feels more like an ordinary thing for me, but it's definitely a challenge that I have to approach every single day. And practice means you're messing up, right? You mean, we all mess up when we're practicing. We mess up when we're performing too. And gymnastics is one of those sports where when you mess up, everyone sees, right? Everyone sees you fall. Everyone sees you slip and you have to get up. So tell me a bit, Megan, about this grind of not just getting up and going to practice every day and doing the thing, but messing up the thing and then getting back up. Yes. Well, it's interesting that you said that when you mess up, everybody notices because in gymnastics, there is there is no such thing as a perfect set. You are always required to be mentally on and each set you are adjusting on on the spot with anything that might have gone wrong. So that's really where a certain level of mental presence comes in where you have to be quick uh, on your feet, figure out what's going wrong. But you do have to be on every single day. And I would say that gymnastics is more of a mental sport than a physical sport, even though the physical things that we are doing are not normal. The mental side of it is so significant because like I said, you can seriously hurt yourself and things can go wrong very, very quickly if you're not on top of it mentally. That's so fascinating to me to hear you say that gymnastics is more mental than physical because I watch gymnastics. I see the things you do, Megan. I'm like, 
how the hell do you do that, <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's crazy the way you guys contort your body. And I mean, I can barely stand on my two feet. So to see that is remarkable. And then to hear a high-level le- gymnast like you tell me that it's more mental, that's that says a lot. I'd love to know on that note what, if anything, is consciously on your mind while you are performing, while you are midair. Yeah, the hardest thing while you're competing is to stay present. Um, It does move very quickly. And if one thing is off, you have to accept it very quickly and say, okay, that wasn't exactly how I wanted that one part of my routine to go, but you have to move on and stay present through the rest of the routine to ultimately do the best that you can on every small part of that routine. Um, So that's a huge challenge is combining the nerves and the adrenaline, but still calming yourself down to stay present through each moment of the routine um, is a huge challenge, but something I really love about the sport because I don't think you get that kind of rush in many other sports so instantly and so quickly. How do you calm yourself down though? It's easier said than done, right? Oh, yes. Uh, If you think about it, all the, the physical aspect of the sport is something we train so much, it's automatic. So that's a huge thing that I remind myself of is that it's automatic. I've done it so many times. Sometimes you have to click into another gear and just turn your brain off in a sense. But before you go, for me, at least I practice a lot on like my breathing um, to kind of center myself into the present moment and make sure I'm there with it, ready to go. Um, That's a huge thing for me. And just that positive self-talk. I have even noticed in routines this year where I have let negative thoughts slip into my brain and I don't perform as well as I could. So really keeping it positive and psyching yourself up is a huge part of it. That really helps me. I'm interested in this positive self-talk because I do it to myself. What sort of negative thoughts might creep into your mind right before you go on? Of course. A big one is just what if, because you've, you've trained so well and you're on the beam, say about to do your flight series, which is like two skills backwards in a row. And you're standing there and you're like, I know I've done it a hundred times this week in practice perfectly. But what if this is the one where something goes wrong? That's honestly one of the most dangerous thoughts to have because then you're distracted with all these other outcomes instead of the one that is most likely to happen. And that is that you stay on the beam. So definitely that's a big one for me. What if? (laughs) Well, so what? I mean, I'm sitting here in my apartment. What if the floor breaks open and I tumble down nine stories. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm worried about that, I'm not going to perform as well in anything I do. So why would you think about what if? I mean, you just got to go do the thing. Exactly. Okay, so Megan, you say what if to yourself. You know, let's say these thoughts just creep into your head. I mean, it happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. The little voice gets in there. How do you pry that away? Yeah, it's the negative thought definitely... I would say comes more naturally than the positive thought when you're under such pressure. And that's a learned skill is not that you can't really get rid of it, but you can replace it. So when I'm say up on the beam, having that kind of thought, I work hard to replace it with thoughts of what I'm doing on the skill. So my personal technique of like center me, centering myself into the present moment of what do I need to do to make this skill good? Instead of what if it's like, what can I do? is kind of how that switch works into something that's real and something that you can actually do. Because if you're just having this what if thought, that's kind of out of your control. So you have to switch it into what you can control. And what I can control 
is where my mind is at and what I'm doing as I approach the skill or the routine. Can you give me an example of that, like a specific thought you might have, maybe technique-based? Yeah, of course. Um, so for me, I attach words to each part of a skill. On, I'm thinking about beam specifically. That's maybe one of the more mentally challenging events for me um, to compete. But I'm standing there. My arms are above my head. I think about my arms. I feel my arms. I feel where they are. I feel as they're swinging down and I feel centered over the beam. So instead of thinking, what if I fall off the beam? I'm thinking, what are my arms doing? They're swinging down by my sides. They're touching the beam. They're making contact. My hands are making contact with the beam. And just having those thoughts of like, I, to myself, I say arms when I'm standing up there. Um, and that really brings me to the present moment and helps me think about each of the parts of the skill. And it really helps you feel your body more, even when you're moving so fast. I don't know if that's an understandable example. It's kind of hard to transfer gymnastics terminology over, but if that makes sense. It's replacing that negative thought with something helpful. Definitely. Well, you got to remember what your arms are doing. So <laughs> let's shove the negative crap away yeah. and go with the arms. I think that also, that's just a small example, but it also speaks to a team sport on a larger scale and something huge on our team is focusing on what we can control. And in gymnastics, there's very few things that you can control. You can't control the equipment. You can't control the judges. And that's ultimately the outcome of the sport. But you can control what you do and how you perform and how your team performs. So that's a small example, but that's really mentally how we all train ourselves to succeed in the sport. Have you personally or the team as a whole worked with a sports psychologist? Yes, we have. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We spend a lot of time. Um, every single Monday, we do some kind of mental training to kick off the week and kind of get us hyped about whatever is going on. And um, we do have one that we work with regularly. And that's been helpful for you. It has. I think on a team, you have to, there's no one person that can come in and be the same for everybody. Um, but for me personally, it's been really helpful to work with a sports psychologist. Just, you know, take what you can get from them um, and leave what's not helpful. But really taking those bits that are helpful has, has been really good for me. If it's a mental sport more than a physical sport, you better have a psychologist to work exactly, with. Yeah. Because just like you have a coach teaching you the gymnastic technique and honing that, you need someone to help with what's between the ears. That's, you're telling me, even more important. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay, Megan. So you've had a lot of success. Anyone who knows your background knows that. And for listeners who aren't ingratiated in the gymnastics world, I mean, Megan's legit. We go back six years. She won a gold and a silver at the Pan Am Games in Toronto. She's a star gymnast entering her fifth year now at the University of Florida, one of the top programs in the country. You won the SEC balance beam title a couple of years back, and you just finished up your senior season, although you'll have another senior season next year. So this is all for me to sort of pump you up and say, you've done a lot of great things. However, as I said at the top, in gymnastics, it's inevitable that you will fall. And you strike me, Megan, as one of the best in the game at getting back up saying screw it all right next one <laughs> can you take me through what it feels like mentally to fall down and then how you get back up thank you first of all that's that's a huge compliment and I really appreciate that kind of recognition um it is inevitable 
especially if you think about flipping on a four inch balance beam, it's, it's not normal. The things that we do are not normal. And that's it's crazy. I, it, it is so crazy. That's why I love the sport so much because anyone who's watching can enjoy it because you don't see that kind of thing every day, but it is inevitable that you will fall down. Um, but that's, that's not what's important. When you fall, that's, that's a small thing. It's what you learn from it and how you move forward after that. And I think I've really honed that kind of skill being on the Florida Gators gymnastics team because in a general competition, you're putting up six people, you're counting five scores. So that gives you room for one person to fall. You never wish for your teammate to fall, but it happens. But if you're the next person up after a fall, you have to hit, you have to stay on, you have to do your routine to the best of your abilities. And that kind of pressure is almost more intense than say I fell on my last event and now I'm doing another. It's so much pressure to know that your teammate fell in front of you. And now you have to do this to the best of your abilities for your team to succeed. And I think that just goes back to focusing on what you can control and focusing on what you can control is the present moment. And knowing that what's happened in the past, whether that's you personally or a teammate before you does not affect you now because you have that one moment and you have to center yourself there and give it everything you have in that moment and let go of whatever happened before, let go of whatever's going to happen after you and really focus right there. Centering yourself on the present moment. That's a message I've heard from you a few times now. I say that a lot. Yes. Can you tell me what it means to center yourself? How do you visualize that? Yeah, I think it's different for everybody what that means. In gymnastics, that's that's something that's so important, um, like I said, because it moves so fast. Um, but for me, that's breathing, bringing myself into wherever I am, focusing on what I feel, connecting with my teammates, um, making eye contact with them, anything that helps you zone out whatever is going on outside of you and what you need to do. So sometimes that is connecting with a teammate or listening to the crowd. Sometimes it's zoning out the crowd, listening to the music. It's different for everybody. Um, and it's different for me too, depending on the circumstances. But the biggest thing is just really focusing on where you're at and trying not to weigh yourself down with any kind of worry about what happened or what's to come. And trusting yourself on top of that, right? Because these things are so crazy to me, but they're not really crazy to you because you've been doing it since you were a little kid. So you just got to get all the mental clutter out of the way and go do the darn thing. Yes, it. we do call it autopilot. It's just let your body do it because you've done it so many times. It's easy. It's easy for you. And you just have to really, the trust that you have in yourself and that confidence comes from training. And every single one of, I have done that. Every single one of my teammates have done that. So when you step up to compete, it's really that trust has to be there and that confidence that you've gotten from training has to be there. And that self-trust, Megan, it's something that you apply to gymnastics. And I really think any listener right now and any field can relate to that and needs to apply that. I do broadcasting, play-by-play. When I go on air... I got to get the mental clutter out of the way and just trust myself. I've done it a million times. And there are plenty of people out there who might be like, oh, I could never do that, you know, talk live on air. Uh, but for me, so it's crazy for some people. For me, it's easy. Uh, you know, for me, uh, pitching a, you know, financial analyst thing like 
some of my friends do. I don't even know what the finance stuff all goes over my head. Like, that's crazy to me. But they have to trust themselves that they've trained and they've done it. Uh, so while, to me, you know, even standing on a balance beam for more than 10 seconds is is beyond my capability. It's not beyond yours, that's to say the least. Yeah, no, that's such a huge part of anything in life. And I think that goes to one of those one of those lessons. You always say that in sports, you learn lessons that you can apply to the rest of your of your life, you're learning these life lessons. And that's a huge one that you learn in sports and specifically in gymnastics. Um, that's definitely something you learn. And I think it expands to other areas of your life as well. Focusing on the first part of that, on the gymnastics, can you tell me the story of your worst fall or your most embarrassing fall? I guess one example, which is kind of a a hard example to look back at, um, in 2019 at regionals which is the meet where you qualify to nationals I fell off the beam I was the second person I believe to go in our beam lineup and I fell um and that's just a terrible feeling I would never wish that on myself I would never wish that on anyone else um and I think what happened there was a lack of confidence and a lack of trust in my training and in myself um of course the pressure's on it's day two we're trying to qualify and unfortunately the person after me also felt. So we ended up having to count a fall and we didn't make it to nationals. And that's kind of irrelevant to my own, them falling is irrelevant to my own falling. It's unrelated, but it did have such a huge impact on me. And I guess I could say that's my worst fall because I carried that weight of us not making it to nationals because I fell for a while. And it actually, I think that played a role in me not even breaking into a beam lineup during my junior year during, during 2020. Um, and of course you're, you're in a team sport. Logically, it's not one person falling or one person messing up. That's going to keep the whole team out. It's a team effort, whether you make it, whether you don't. Um, but mentally for me, I, that really stuck with me. I felt responsible for my team, not succeeding in the way that we had hoped for. And I was, angry with myself for a long time and that was it that was the last meet and I didn't have an opportunity to get back up on the beam for maybe I'm trying to probably four or five months before I could even attempt that skill again um in the gym when we got back to training so that was a hard mental battle for sure coming from one one fall (laughs) when you did fall I'm curious where you felt that mental anguish that anger what do you mean when you say where you know, we feel emotions sometimes in different areas, right? I, when I feel anxiety, I feel it in my stomach. I get nauseous. You know, sometimes you could feel anger in your hands, make those fists. I'm curious if there's, if there was a, a physical sensation that, that sort of went with your feeling. Yeah, it's, that's an interesting question. Um, and thinking back to that was not the end of our meet. So when you're in the middle of a meet, that was our, I believe that was, that was our first event. So we really started out on the bottom and we just weren't able to catch up during that competition. But when you're in the middle of a meet, you can't feel you, you kind of guard yourself in a way because you know that you have to move forward. And I had to compete three other events that night and do the best that I could on them still with the mindset that we are in this and we are going to make it. And that wasn't the end result, but that's just what was necessary. So I think the actual feeling didn't set in until 
after, um, a few days later, through a few weeks later. Um, I don't remember it being a physical feeling. It was just more of a in the back of your head. I, I think I let that break my confidence a little bit. And that continued with a lack of trust in my own gymnastics and in, in, in my own ability on that event into even the next season, not realizing then that that was connected, but it definitely was. And season to season, that's when you're adjusting. Yeah. You decided to come back for a fifth season. Can you take me behind that? The decision, so this year, my senior year, I have to say was my favorite year so far. I think I have been a much more mature athlete and way more of a mentally strong athlete than I have in the past. And I've always considered myself to be relatively mentally tough. Um, But I have just really enjoyed this year and felt like I've grown to be able to compete very freely and just enjoy every single moment I get in practice traveling, competing, all of those moments I've loved so much. So the decision, although I didn't officially make it until after season ended, it was a pretty easy decision. Um, I knew I was loving it so much and I'm healthy. So why not come back um, and do it all over again and get another opportunity to compete in this sport? I know you got something up your sleeve for next year because you put out on Twitter the other day, you said skills I should play with this summer, dot, 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 go. Yes. What was behind that? It seems like you're really trying to expand because you're actually looking to the people on Twitter to tell you, uh, you know, what to work on here. Yes. I was definitely interested to see what they had to say, but for me during this off season, something that is very exciting is the fact that I'm walking away from season completely healthy, no injuries, no nagging things that I'm dealing with, which is very refreshing for me. I've never walked away from a season feeling good. So right now I'm kind of taking some downtime, but um, when I get back to Gainesville and when I get back in the gym, I really do want to play around with some skills and see if I can bring back anything old that I've done in the past or start anything new and, spice up my routines a little bit for next year um, and just really enjoy that year to the fullest. And I really want to walk away with no regrets. So that that's starting now of I want to try everything I possibly can and use my my healthy body this summer and train and get better. You have a very positive mindset and our listeners, I hope they're hearing it in your voice because I'm hearing it and seeing it in your face. You glow up when you talk about playing around and trying new skills It's awesome because it reminds me, this is a sport. This is fun. It's what you love to do. We get so serious about things we love to do and why it's fun. (laughs) It is. I think too, that this whole year from our season in 2020, getting cut short due to COVID really put things into perspective that this really is just a sport. It's such a small thing and it's such a small part of our lives. So why not try to enjoy it to the best that we can and to the best of our abilities, just have fun and keep it small. Every little, little thing that goes wrong, it's not the end of the world. It's gymnastics. It's, it's such a small thing and it's such a small part of our lives. We would be, we as in my team and myself would be missing out on the beauty of it and how cool of an experience it is to compete in college and do gymnastics in college if we just weren't enjoying it. So that's a perspective I'm really grateful that I've gained in this past year and 
I'm excited to, that I have one more year to enjoy the sport and just do what I love. That was a gift, right? The NCAA, hey, you get another year. Yes, it was for sure. Yeah, we got to be grateful when we have a chance to do what we love. I think all the time about, okay, when I'm sitting down and my days are dwindling, you know, hopefully at this point I'm a very, very old man. I'm going to remember those days fondly. So don't put yourself in a pressure cooker that you don't need to. Now, obviously, you're competing. I mean, you've got to be serious about your craft. You have to go and train with a serious face. You can't be, like, joking around at practice and end up being a national champion. <laughs> yes. uh, but you got to have a little levity. And I, I see when you do your thing that you do have that levity. Yes, I think it's all about balance. Um, it's easier to work hard, though, when you're having fun and you've kind of found that balance of, okay, I can laugh now, but I'm going to get serious. I'm going to work now. Um, and that's something that I've learned throughout my four years at UF of how to take it easy, but still work. I think in the past, my tendencies were to just work and to go through the days and then look back and think, did I even talk to any of my teammates? Did I connect with them? Did I ask them? how they were doing? Did I check in? And the answer was no. So this year, a real priority for me was checking in with my teammates, laughing, enjoying the days and really savoring those moments that we get together. And through that, I was even able to compete better, work harder, I think. And noticing that I was savoring each day and staying present throughout each moment that I had, I think benefited me. So it, it doesn't always have to be hard work, serious work. It can be happy work, fun work, and lightheartedness in the gym, and you can still get work done and you can still be successful. It's just all about balance. It literally is all about balance when you're on the balance beam. Yes, it is. Yes. I do know that. <laughs> so it's, it's about balance in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. uh, so Megan, what's next when you're done with your UF career? Good question. Um, I'm still figuring that out. Right now, I'm, I'm hoping to get my master's degree by the time I finish my fifth year. Um, I would really love to stay in the sport somehow. I'm not sure what that looks like yet. I've considered coaching. I've considered working in other roles. Um, but definitely a career in athletics is very appealing to me. I love that culture. I love that community. But right now, I'm not sure. Um, one step at a time, and I really want to enjoy this fifth year that I've been given. What about with your mental game? Because you do have that fifth year coming up. So the last question I have for you is forward-looking. When you think about the rest of your gymnastics career and specifically this fifth year, how do you, Megan Skaggs, hope to grow in your mental game? I hope to pick up where I left off. I think I made tremendous progress this year with my mental game and really honing in on the mental side of the sport. And that showed in the physical side and in my scores, in my performance, that showed everywhere. So I'd really like to pick up this next preseason where I left off uh, with my confidence, with my work ethic, and with all of that, and hopefully rub off on some of my teammates. We're going to have a big freshman class coming in. So I'm excited to be able to serve in not a senior role, but in that fifth year kind of role, we have to figure out how we'll navigate that because it's not an additional senior year. It's a fifth year. So we'll have a senior class and I'll get to be there. So I'm hoping to be more of a mentor to the senior class and to our huge class of incoming freshmen. I hope to really help them. And I think that pouring into them and teaching them what I've learned throughout my time will also help me. Um, so I'm, I am really excited for what's next. Um, 
And I really mostly just hope to pick up where I left off and continue to push forward. It's really noble of you to want to spread it around, right? You've learned a thing or two clearly. Mm-hmm. And you got a bunch of young 18-year-olds coming in the program. So whip all them into shape. <laughs> yes, I mean, we're one team. We all have the same goal, and that is to win a national championship. So we all got to work toward that, and we all have to be pushing in the same direction. And that starts. that doesn't start at the national championship or even when season starts. That starts right when we get all together on campus. So it's super exciting, but... It's a lot of work, so I'm glad I'll get to be there for it one more time. All right, Megan, roll those sleeves up. (laughs) I know you're going to get to work, but I know you're going to enjoy it uh, no matter how many times you fall. I know you will enjoy it with a a smile on your face. So, Megan Skaggs, thank you for coming on The Mental Game and for opening up a bit with me. Thank you so much for having me. Just awesome stuff from Megan. A big thank you to her for participating in the latest Mental Game. So, think of the equivalent in your job or your day-to-day life of falling on your face in front of a live audience and a TV audience. For me, it's stumbling in a live broadcast, which, of course, I've done many times, trying to cut back on it as much as possible, but it's important for me in those moments, much like Megan's saying, to stay in the moment and focus on the fundamentals. Like, okay, you stumbled on air, Sam. Now you got to just focus on the next pitch, focus on the next play, and get back up, metaphorically. Maybe it's a big typo in an important presentation. Well, you could dwell on the typo, or you can make sure there's no typos in next week's presentation. There's always things we can be doing to stay in the moment, and certainly in the sport of gymnastics, few at the collegiate level are better at it than Megan Skaggs. And before I put a bow on this podcast, I want to know if there's someone that you want on the Mental Game podcast. If there is, give me a shout. Twitter, at Sam Brief. Send me an email, briefsam at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment right here on the podcast. But let me know, is there an athlete, a coach, an expert, a journalist, anyone that you think would be an ideal guest on The Mental Game. So give me a shout. I want to make sure that this podcast is serving you and talking to all the people that you want to hear the inner machinations of their minds. So that's it for this episode of The Mental Game. I'll talk to you next week. Sam Brief here in Chicago. Remember, be well. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. And I'll talk to you soon. Adios. Mm -hmm.